0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Okay. Well, we're recording. so Let's um, do it. Yeah, Royfield usually puts this bit on, which really annoys me. So I'll just say, fuck, don't put this on Royfield.
2: <laughs> he's gonna, you know he's gonna.
0: Yeah, he's that kind of bloke. Yeah. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right.
3: yeah,
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, they like doing their own sheep these days. I love it. Oh, I love dear. it. <laughs> this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the gorgeous iridescence of a lapwing's plumage that is Robert Wilson. And with me, I have the dull brown tail feathers of a common house sparrow that is...
2: Angela Barnes. You wrote that, didn't you, Robert? Uh-
1: I did, yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> I'm just following. I'm just following Lucy's modus operandi. Yeah,
2: no. I'm, don't worry. I've locked it. Don't
1: worry. All right. I'm in trouble already. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and the last part of Ambridge's long overdue twitching session, folks, is you. This week's dumpty dum is from Mia and the Newcastle Meetup crew. That's Jane, Charlotte, Suzanne, and Sharon. Angela. If someone wants to send us a dumpty dum, how can they do that? If
2: If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or cause carnage at your local pub by ordering a ginger wine, then call us on 0203 (laughs) 031 3105 or leave us a message on Speedpipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts and to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. Uh, now the heat's been getting to Derek this week, Robert. Actually, so uh, oh. so much so that there's a bit of an embarrassing incident in his neighbour's back garden this week, when she popped oh, out in no. her bikini one afternoon and he accidentally sprayed her begonias.
1: Oh my God! Well, the less <laughs> said about the better. On this week's episode, we hear views from Auntie Jean, yay, yay. and Monty. But first, before the calls, let's brace ourselves for Angela Barnes's <gasps> week in Ambridge. <laughs>
2: Well, this week started with Clary chatting to Shula about how much she's going to miss Grange Farm and why, because she's going to miss the range and why is she going to miss the range because I quote, (laughs) there is nothing quite like it for airing Eddie Smalls. Thanks for that Clary. My first thought was who is Eddie Smalls and is he related to Eddie Large? I wonder. Uh, the Ooh. Grundy men had a bit of bonding time over some hay bales, and what with what Ed's been up to, bale is probably something he should get used to. <laughs> Eddie Grundy's hoping to get his mitts on Peggy's cash by doing Sweet FA and just rebranding the Grundy's unkempt areas as hay meadows, and that is not a bad idea, that. No, darling, it's not that I can't be bothered to get a bikini wax. I'm just cultivating some hay medals. Now, where's my half a mil, please?
4: Thank you. (laughs) And Saint
2: Shula has changed her mind about being ordained. And I'd love to say more on this, but I just couldn't bear it. Shula, I have to say this to you, right? If you're (laughs) listening, you can help people just because you're a nice person, You don't have to be ordained to help people. Tell you what, just try not being a dick for a bit first and see how that goes, yeah? I mean, what's worse than no one helping you? Shula helping you, that's what. Getting your sucker and comfort from Shula is like getting your political insights from Love Island. Uh, Now, William... (laughs) tells Ed that he's sorted things with Bev uh, and that it's not an excuse to start up all that stuff with Timothy again. And Will tells him, sorry, that's wrong, Ed tells him that he's kept his word in a bit of signposting of things to go tits up, more heavy-handed than Boris Johnson playing rugby with Japanese schoolboys. Just in case we didn't understand that seeds were being sown for what was to come later, Eddie and Clary then have a chat about how nice it is to see William and Ed working together. We've been here before, haven't we, folks? (laughs) And then there's Jimmus. Hmm. Poor Jimmus woke in the night having had a nightmare and Jazza woke him gently and dealt with him in such a wonderful way that he's been catapulted straight to the top of my ever-changing Ambridge hero list. This storyline has seen Jazza transformed Mm -hmm. into this wonderful, rounded, empathetic and sympathetic character. And it's made my heart swell. I don't even have anything sarky to say about it. Good work, scriptwriters. We've been waiting for this side of Jazza to come to the fore. And please don't ever take it away from us. His relationship with Jim, in light of everything that's happened, is a delight. And also, it really highlights how difficult it still is in 2019 for men to be able to process traumatic events. And it holds up male friendship in a way that's rarely seen in dramas. Well done. When he said to Jim, I bet Harold's not having nightmares, I could feel his frustration in wanting justice for his mate and just not knowing how to do it and how to be, but doing his best. It was bang on, bravo. And as for Robert and Jim birding together, that's what we want. More of this sort of thing, please. Thank you. It was lovely. And just what Jim needs. That was till Alistair brings him crashing back to reality. Have a nice day, did you, Dad? Then maybe you should go to the police. I mean, let the poor bugger have a nice afternoon, Alistair, and leave (laughs) it at that for a bit, will you? Oh, and as for Jill, she can absolutely do one. So she had to cover Jim's shift at the shop. Nobody had a gun to your head, Jill. And then I thought, no, cut us some slack. It may only be one morning she's been put out, but at her age, you don't know how many mornings you've got left. But then that sanctimonious old biddy just kept getting worse. Jim isn't the only one with commitments. I'll get in the sea, Jill. What exactly are your commitments? Feeding a miserable family who are big enough and ugly enough to make their own sarnies and a bit of geriatric horizontal river dance... And as for the way she spoke to Jazza <laughs> in the bull, I was willing him to lamp her one. He did Jim get to his appointment? She was out passive-aggressive even Susan Carter on a bad day. When Leonard finally stepped in and stopped her and said, did you have to keep lambasting that young man? I cheered for him. I nearly hung up some tattered bits of bunting Ooh. for him. Although what I really would have liked Leonard to say was, Jill, I've made a terrible mistake. It turns out you're a nasty, mean old woman and I am out of here. Can anyone remember my Tinder password? <laughs> Uh, over at bridge farm johnny fell into a pig wallow and for the first time in my 40 odd years of listening to the archers i wished it was a tv show because nothing's funnier than someone falling over pat had a go at tom for making johnny do all this extra work because he still hasn't got rid of the pigs but it's all right because rex is going to supply the pigs even though they're not organic but they are free range now is that not worse I think killing a pig that's happy rather than one that's had a terrible life just seems meaner somehow. I mean, I don't know. I don't eat meat. What do I know? Free the wieners. That's what I say. No, Derek, not like that. Put it away. <laughs> now, Rex is worried because he's never raised pigs for slaughter. Now, I'm not a farmer, but I would have thought that raising a pig to die is easier than raising it to a ripe old age. No, I don't know. Uh, it's Rosie's first <laughs> birthday. And Pip and Toby have managed to keep a human being alive for a year without her escaping a paddock or getting foot and mouth or anything. And they're having a party. Now, I've never really understood having a first birthday party because they're not going to remember, are they? Just tell them they had a party and that it was great and you can put your feet up. I don't have kids. Can you tell? <laughs> uh, Rex and Toby have built a soft mm. play centre in the barn soft play centers make me angry because when I was a kid playgrounds were made of concrete right none of this bouncy stuff no one born after 1987 knows what it's like to have a scab that lasts for six years have you seen a soft play center it's like a sex dungeon in primary colors that's I say that like I've ever been to a sex dungeon I haven't I haven't group sex terrifies me what if I don't get picked no um (laughs) <laughs> uh, so uh, everyone at the party gets pissed on scruff punch and uh, the party's full of people from pips antenatal and young farmers groups sounds like the worst party ever and i was once taken on a first date to someone's parents 25th wedding anniversary party true story uh, rex and phoebe have been hanging out because of their proposal for piggy's money and a hassling pip to get involved something to do with rewilding i don't know i lost interest it's apparently not something to do with reading lady windermere's fan for the fourth time the whole thing is tedious to celebrate june spencer turning 100 they could have had way more fun have piggy going on a drugs binge that's what i would have done in fact that's what i'm gonna do if i've got any money left when i'm 100 it's the best time isn't it to go on a drugs binge at 100 you don't have to get up in the morning and you'll never have trouble finding a vein uh In other news I can't be asked with, Lizzie seems to have made a remarkable recovery already, got her licence, her mojo and her sanity back, all without us even noticing. And then there's Lillian and Kenton clashing heads in the pub. Oh, yes, standards are slipping at the ball. And how is this signified? Wait for it. They are out of ginger wine. Sorry, what now? I'm not sure a pub has stocked ginger wine since the 70s. If you did find some, you probably wouldn't want to drink it. It's like saying that I'm letting things slide because I can't instantly lay my hands on my daily boppers and tamagotchi. And then Linda, she's worrying. She's worrying because the youngsters are taking over the fate with their, and I quote, grunge music, sumo wrestlers and souffles. Oh yes, grunge, sumo and souffles. That's what all the kids are into, Linda. Most recent thing in that list is grunge and that's nearly 30 years old. Think yourself lucky they want to be involved instead of just watching the whole thing on YouTube. And then, of course, at the end of the week, the proverbial finally hits the fan for Emma and Ed. Excuse me while I put on my surprised face. Uh. Yes, Timothy turns up and tells Will that they need to flog the weed killer. Why the rush, Tim? Give it a few months till we crash out of the EU and the bloody stuff will probably be legal anyway. Quids in. Right? And then Emma, she can get some extra shifts at the chicken factory, adding the chlorine. They just need to bide their time for Brexit. That's all. But no. Tim tries to flog the weed killer to William and William confronts Ed in front of Adam and Adam decides there's a limit to how much environmental damage one farm can take and sacks Ed on the spot, meaning he can't get his mortgage for his house. Because you know, and I know, Robert, that you can't possibly have the underclasses succeeding in something on the archers. How will that learn them to stay in their bloody lane, eh? The end.
1: (laughs) Well, that wasn't half bad. Have you ever thought of doing this professionally? (sighs)
2: Well, <laughs> yeah. oh my God! If I, can, <laughs> I, I, I want to tell anyone who's ever thinking of coming to see me live, I do put more effort into the stuff I do. <laughs> oh, <brilliant. laughs> I was brilliant. did that usually,
1: this afternoon. I, usually, right. I, I, you know, <laughs> Royford and I usually just you know, humour Lucy and pretend that oh we thought it was acceptable, even though Lucy every week turns out a brilliant monologue, but. I'm gonna be. Um, I'm gonna be honest here. I, oh God, I'm gonna mansplain and patronise you in one sentence. But oh,
2: please do. That's what I'm here for. Uh, <laughs>
1: that was. You did it in your own style, and it was absolutely frigging brilliant. Thank you very much. And um, oh,
2: thank you. I wonderful. have to say, I had to watch the potty mouth there. I do apologise to any listeners if any slipped out. I'm a working class girl from the south. Do you know what I mean? No, I in H's. I make up for it. I used to. I don't out. think an F
1: came out. <laughs> Lucy throws the odd F I I don't think it did, did. No, I? there's plenty of time oh, for that, right. though, isn't She's there? Angel, posh,
2: she gets away with it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Posh people. I mean, I've I've had people um, when I I used to swear a lot on this podcast, but I've decided. Well, I, I was I was said I was told. Robert, don't swear so much because you're you're scaring off the maiden aunts. But then as soon as I stopped swearing, um, certain people uh, uh, emailed me and or, or tweeted me and said, why aren't you swearing anymore? It's really funny when posh people say F. See, look, I don't even swear now. I mean, I swear. Anyway, let's go through a few of those uh, so you things. You get away with it. I don't, though. Yes, let's. Not Royfield and Lucy. <laughs> I get the phone call, no, you know. No. Anyway, oh,
2: let's yeah, talk. Yeah, but it's our show today. Yeah, what are they going to do, Robert? What are they going to do? They're off on holidays.
1: Oh, my God. Sod Listen, you, you were talking about that multicoloured uh, sex dungeon. Lucy and Roy will <laughs> yeah. have something far worse than that, I can tell you. <laughs> Gosh, ginger wine. You know, that's the one thing that I picked up on is that um, every yeah. pub you go into, there is, uh, Lillian is right, there is a bottle of ginger wine. But it's always got an inch <laughs> thick layer of frigging dust on the top. Now I'm swearing. Frigging's I, a technically a swear word. There's an inch thick layer of dust on ginger wine. Now, the thing... I'm
2: not entirely sure what ginger wine is. Is that what you have to make a whiskey mac? Is that ginger wine?
1: Well, it's Rose's ginger wine and it comes in a green bottle. And as I said on Twitter earlier, right, the only yeah. ginger wine I've heard of before on the Archers is Adam. <laughs> Thank you very I much. Like I'm here all week. Tip your waitress. <laughs> I'm stealing other people's catchphrases now. Oh, well, so what? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so actually I should have brought some ginger. We should actually both be drinking a bottle of ginger wine as we do this, shouldn't we? Oh, We should,
2: shouldn't we? Is it alcoholic ginger yeah. wine? I know that sounds like a really good <laughs> It's not just a mixer like ginger ale. It, or... it's,
1: it's low alcohol. It's something like 8%, I think. And yeah, you use it okay. you use it to add to other things, I think.
2: Yeah. I'm sure a whiskey Mac, that's ginger wine, isn't it, I think. Yeah. Somebody'll tell us. Whis- Somebody right now will be listening to this thinking we're terribly uncouth. Oh no. We don't know what goes in a whiskey Mac.
1: No. Well, uh, well Yeah. <laughs> Let send us and your recipes. Send us your cocktail <laughs> we should have an archer's cocktail recipe book.
2: A Dumpty Dum cocktail.
1: Yes. Oh, well, that's a good
2: one. Oh, what idea. would be in a Dumpty Dum cocktail? Um, gin. 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 Oh,
1: definitely scruff gin. Um, uh,
2: yeah.
1: Weed killer. Dodgy weed killer.
2: <laughs> and camp coffee.
1: Oh, there definitely we are. Camp, There you go. And what would you, what do you just call it? The Dumpty Dum. The
2: <laughs> Dumpty Dum. I shall make some for the Dumpty Dum live event. Oh, yes.
1: More of which coming up later. Now. Absolutely. We dis- you discussed Tom and the Bridge Farm um, business strategy, and I've I've been banging on about this for the last couple of weeks. But mm. I wrote down some notes here. Bridge Farm's business strategy: get rid of the dairy cows, buy That's more. More cows.
2: than they've done, by the way.
1: Yeah, buy more cows. Ca- <laughs> Quite yeah, buy more cows. <laughs> but this time, beef cows and only for a hobby. Get rid of those cows and get more dairy cows because the cheese is crap. I tell you what, let's have an app. Now let's get, get rid of the pigs. No, keep the pigs. Actually get rid of the pigs. So and then And then
2: it, abandon our organic principles.
1: Exactly. Thank you very much. You filled it off. And then what's happening to this school of cheese? Remember the school oh, of cheese? Yeah. They were they were gonna use oh, the yeah. million quid they got from Beechwood or whatever to build a cheese school. Not a dicky. Did they do
2: like one course and then no one signed up for another one?
1: Yeah. They... They
2: are the, what, how have they still got a roof
1: over their heads? I don't know, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, mm.
2: it's insane.
1: And then the the Nuffield scholarship money. Do you remember what what Tom's supposed to be doing with that, and what, what he's doing? I mean, it, it was well, it was kefir. originally
2: um kefir, wasn't it? Yeah. And then didn't he ditch kefir for something else? Organic
1: baby food? Or was
2: it no, no baby food that yeah. came before the kefir, didn't it?
1: Or was it? I mean.
2: Oh my God, is there anything they haven't tried in that family to make? <laughs> <laughs> they should just do a fermented sausage baby food.
1: Fermented pack. sausages? <laughs> I'm sure you is. can get fermented sausages. Or maybe is they that, should try fermented... that. You know that Italian cheese that's got the maggots in it? Mm. <laughs> no.
2: All oh, right, it's something you posh people eat. I'm oh. not
1: posh, I just sound posh. <laughs> Listen, I you honestly, can I'm not fool posh. Them, Robert. I'm, uh, <laughs> how dare you? I uh, so <laughs> I, I'm from Yorkshire, and I went up to to my dad's house, and my dad he doesn't live in a mansion. He lives on an estate, but not not that kind oh, of an estate. Oh
2: come on! Oh right, okay, fine.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, they do own their own. He did, you know, he owns his own house. But I, I'm not posh. Yeah. I, I my dad tarts like that, but I. I, I was talking to my Where nephew. Where did your
2: accent come from?
1: Well, I was, I was talking, because I always wanted to be on the, I always wanted to do an Archer's podcast. And I thought, well, I'm never going to get on an Archer's podcast if I sound as common as Mark.
2: <laughs> I don't know, it worked for Royfield.
1: <laughs> <And so laughs> we'll when we'll I was...
2: test how much he's going to be listening to this exactly. when he's editing it. Oh how much Christ. I get away with. <laughs>
4: oh, well, we'll
1: both be outside the headmaster's office tomorrow morning.
2: <laughs>
4: I think
1: you're for the slipper and I might get the strap.
4: Excellent.
1: Um, <laughs> you can take that whichever way you want. Um, <laughs> you know what when I said when we had that personal uh, email conversation and we said we were I mean, we're going to try and behave? It's already slipped.
2: Yeah, hasn't it hasn't worked out that way, hasn't it?
1: Oh well, never mind. So um I was
2: feeling naughty. When you when you told me I had to behave, you see, I'm not that's how it works. If somebody says we have to behave, then everything yeah, well, in me says. <laughs>
4: well what well I did the psychology
1: A level, so I'm using the reverse psychology because I like to misbehave too. It's just that we're going to encourage each other and we're going to end up in a lot of trouble. But um yeah, Yikes. so I'm not Posh. So I went I, I went into the toilet speaking like um uh Fred Dibner, and I came out <laughs> Talking like the Queen Mother, and and that was it because I I thought I wanted I wanted to be a television continuity announcer. I wanted to be the kind of person oh. that said, "And now on BBC One, it's the nine o'clock news with whoever does the nine o'clock You've got news." The
2: perfect it, voice for that. Why aren't you doing it?
1: Well, you know, alcohol abuse. And, I, I have uh, a terrible
2: voiceover. I've done one voiceover in my career. I did a voiceover for um, it was for Thameslink trains. And Mm -hmm. because I'm from, you know, my accent is very Kentish. That's Kentish. And um, (laughs) I, just to make that clear. And uh, I um, I had to do, uh, um, it was a couple of years ago and they were doing a big um, sort of rail replacement service on on the line from kent to london um, yeah. and so they wanted somebody with a kent accent to sort of give the bad news to the people you know so <laughs> so i basically did this voiceover that was played out across all the train stations in kent saying you know this summer there's going to be a lot of disruption and all of that forgetting that all of my family live in kent so every day oh, i was getting God. texts from people going oh bloody hell that's you again telling me <laughs> the trains are screwed <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh
1: well I've, I've done two voiceovers one when i was Eighteen for a bar in Bradford called Hangovers. I mean, who call a bar <laughs> Hangovers?
2: That's right, that's just crazy.
1: I know. And then and then I did uh, one for a shop in Tame here, and um, it was one of those kind of like an Etsy shop in Tame, and um, and I went in there with my full, you know, professional voiceover style, and they said, "Oh no, just read it out normal." Like like you're not that interested. And it's like, well, I'm a professional, yeah. darling. But anyway, so I've, you know. Do you mind? But we're both, <laughs> we're both open to offers and just contact our agents. If, yes, if, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine yeah. my day rates are a lot less than yours. Now, let's talk about <laughs> Shula. And I've written down here, Shula takes a vow because, oh. oh, I know. But we've got to talk about it.
2: We have, do you know, there's something, uh, We I was, Um, get the words out Angela, come on you can do this, I recently listened to, there were some audio books Uh, by a woman whose name is, I want to say Joanne something, I can't remember.
1: Um, oh Joanne something, written, yes I know her.
2: You know Joanne something. She's great. Yeah. Um, but she's <laughs> written a sort of novelization of the early years of The Archers.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I and happened.
2: I I listen to them in my car right? when I'm driving, because I've just been on tour and I've been listening to them in my car. And I don't know how true they are to what actually happened in The Archers. But it seems like young Schuler was a bit of a goer, right? Was a bit of a flirt and a tease. And when did she get so... Boring and pious. Did that happen after Mark died?
1: I don't know, because I've I've only been listening for about ten or eleven years. Right. Or, you know, I mean I've I dipped in and out, but I've only been a a, a committed listener for about ten years. I came yeah. I came to this late I'm a late developer in most things, and the archers <laughs> thing just proves it. Um yeah. so I I I came in as a Vicky Tucker.
2: Right. Oh, okay, quite late then, yeah.
1: Yeah. And actually, when I I went to Lucy's birthday party, which I had a a personal invitation to, I spoke, the Mm. the actress who plays Vicky Tucker was there and I I got to talk to her and then then my true personality came out so uh, Lucy ordered an Uber and bundled me into the back before I embarrassed her too much.
2: (laughs) When you say your true personality came out, do you mean you drank some wine?
1: Yeah, I drank some... Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm some beer. <laughs> I drank some wine and Lucy put me in an Uber.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, bingo, that's it.
2: Oh, I'm getting the measure of you, Robert.
1: <laughs> I remember. I'm, I'm sure a...
2: Shula was not always just this self-obsessed,
1: pious, Sanctimonious old...
2: Sanctimonious old witch. <laughs> I really can't, but I find it so... Te- and all this about getting ordained and it being God's calling. It's like, just try being nice for a bit. See if you can do it before you go through all that. Do you know because- what? That
1: was one of the things from your... Um, one of the many things from your monologue that I thought spot on is that you don't need religion or piety to be kind to people. And it's exactly. one of the things that I think we we come to... Too late in life, and uh, is that realizing that that's one of the most important things is just to be kind and it pays. Oh, god, I'm being sanctimonious now, and it pays back (laughs) manifold to the person being kind to other people, which is why I lead an utterly miserable life. But there we are.
2: (laughs) Now, come on, that's not true, is it?
1: No, it's not. Not good. I can't remember the last kind thing I I did, though. Maybe because no. I do them naturally. What was the last kind thing you did?
2: Oh, goodness me. Oh, doing dumpty dum, obviously. My, my, do dumpty dum, a good friend of mine has just had um, a, a kidney removed. So I've been visiting him. That's a kind thing, right?
1: Okay, I thought you were going to say you donated the kidney. I um, gave him
2: my kidney. No, it's <laughs> not doing that. I don't like him that much. Phil, you're all right, you know, if you're listening. But come on now. Um, yeah. he had, a, it's quite, my friend had, he won't mind me telling you, he had, yeah. um, a cyst on his kidney, right? So he had to have oh, his yeah. kidney removed with the cyst. The cyst weighed five and a half kilograms. That's 11 Holy pounds. Holy moly. It was massive. It was so big. This And it, they reckon it'd been growing inside him for, could have been 10 years. Yep. Yeah. Mad, isn't it?
1: There you go. It is. My, my dad had a cyst on his kidney when, he, in the sixties and it, and he had a bit removed and there's still a little bit there. So it's quite, it's quite common, but it wasn't five kilos. Yeah.
2: Five kilos, yeah, mad. Crazy. There you go. Yeah, anyway. overnight got a flat stomach, so I'm fingers crossed. This is a cyst <laughs> that's in front of me here, crossing everything.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, maybe it might be just <laughs> living on the road and having to eat at midnight and and having a drink yeah. after work or whatever. You know, might much be more likely. I mean, it's
2: the beer in McDonald's. I work
1: isn't in catering. Yeah, I work in catering, and an old boss of uh, of mine once said. Um, if you work in catering, you either drink a little bit or a lot, and it's usually a yeah. lot. anyway. Rose's birthday party, anyway.
2: Oh. It's a one-year-old. I suppose the idea of a one-year-old's birthday is just an excuse for a piss-up anyway, isn't it? Because the kid yeah. doesn't care. And you, um, the parents so do
1: it for themselves, don't they? But yeah. we're both I mean, childless pubs. M- misanthropes.
2: Yeah, I really am. I, I, I mean, I went to uh, my local pub where I used to live had... Um, I was in there one Sunday afternoon and a bit of it was closed off for a one-year-old's birthday party. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't in be closing off my pub. In a pub? Like in the main, it was in a function room. They closed off a bit of the pub for a first birthday party. And I thought, this isn't right. So I'm going to have my 40th in a soft play centre. See how they bloody like it. <laughs> yeah, it's not right, I'm,
1: is it? Uh, no, it's not. I'm planning for, I've got a big birthday coming up, not this year, but next year.
4: Ooh.
1: And I don't, I don't know what to do. Whether Because the last big birthday I had, I had in my local pub. Right. Um, and fair. then people are suggesting really complicated things, like, you know, why don't you have it on, you know, the third moon of Jupiter and Im- oh. invite people you've never heard of? Um, whereas I just want a, a piss-up and other people to pay it's for It's your it. birthday. You do what you want. Do you know where I spent my 40th? In a nuclear well, bunker. Oh, yes, yeah, I heard cause... you. Yeah
2: i've got a bit of a, an obsession with them you know yeah. and um this is a true story my well boyfriend... might come
1: in handy soon
2: well absolutely oh don't worry i've got plenty of friends with bunkers and i know where they keep the keys so um right. follow me when it all kicks off but um, my I, I spent it in a, a bunker with my boyfriend he found one that you could stay the night in like a little turned into an airbnb we stayed in there now my birthday is on the 9th of november and it was mm. 2016 i turned 40 and um. I woke up that morning in a bunker, and that was the day that Donald Trump was elected.
1: <laughs> and my boyfriend and, you...
2: and I looked at each other and just went, "Well, we live here now." That's. But <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> not... you double yeah. locked the door.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. See you later, everyone. Yeah, Trump was elected on my fortieth. Isn't that depressing?
1: Oh God.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, and and you know what? We thought it couldn't get any worse.
2: I know, right? Oh God, let's not go there. Let's not. We don't touch on politics to dump on Dumpty Dumpty. Everyone's tuned in not to think about the, you know. No, no, don't mention it.
1: A, don't a... mention it. Don't well, mention okay,
2: it. Okay, I'll stop it. I'll stop it with that analogy. I was going to get.
1: <laughs> right, shall we? Shall we listen uh, to our first call, and yeah. then we might come back to us ranting about other stuff in, in a little while.
2: Lovely. Hello, Ambridge three nine
5: six two.
1: Now, this is the lovely Auntie Jean.
3: Hello, ah. everyone in Dumpty Land. It's Auntie Jean here. I hope I'm not too late for this morning's recording. I've had a night to brew on things, and I, I just had to ring because I'm getting a bit cross and a bit of a snit about all this Ed and Emma love and how the scriptwriters have got it wrong and how it's all going to pants and what have you. Let's get some things straight. Ed's an idiot. Ed was always an <laughs> idiot. He's a drug addict, <laughs> or at least an ex-one. He ran off with his brother's wife and broke his brother's heart. And Emma's got him completely under the thumb. He hasn't got the the balls, basically, to stand up to her. He knew he was doing something very wrong, and he was weak enough to carry on and do it and not say, no, I'm not going to do that. So he deserves everything he gets. Um Anna Heath, I think he'll get it, and that includes Adam sacking him because at the end of the day, Adam cannot afford another scandal regarding chemicals on that farm. Uh, If he were found to be employing somebody who was smuggling chemicals of any sort, you know, it would finish that farm. So he's absolutely right. And as for the storylines at the moment, I'm quite enjoying them. Jim's storyline is very sad and very well done. I don't mind Peggy's, you know, let's give somebody 500 grand. It's making it quite interesting to see what people are coming up with. I'd love a bit of Jim and and uh, bird birdwatching, competitive birdwatching. Um, I, I don't know what people are complaining about, really. Anyway, that's just me having a little rant first thing in the morning. I hope everybody's well. Uh, I'll see some of you soon. If you uh, want to come, there's a meet-up near Stroud in August, Um, I will post it on my Twitters and get Dumpty Dum to post it as well. Oh,
1: I
2: love Auntie Jean.
1: So do I. Have you met Auntie Jean?
2: I have met Auntie Jean and I love her. But after this little rant, I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of her.
1: (laughs) Nor would I. Nor would I. Anyway, I just want to point out, before we get into uh, the meat of that, um, M-E-A-T, the meetup. We'll be at the Old Fleece near Stroud, and it's on the twenty fifth of August, uh, twelve o'clock lunchtime. Uh, you can tweet Auntie Jean one if you want to be included. Um, and I, lo- I looked, I looked at the pub on Street View, and um, I was a bit worried it would. Ha- I was a bit worried it'd have a flat roof, right. but it looks quite posh. <laughs>
2: Of course, it's posh. You've met oh, Auntie no. Jean. no! she, she came take to you my to local any old pub. Place.
1: When, I, when I had a meet up in Oxford, no. um, she came to came to the Marsh Harrier, which is my oh. local pub, five minutes from where I'm sitting now. And um, she sat next to me, and she was she's lovely. Anyway,
2: yeah, I want to do a. I wish to do a meet up. I live in Brighton. I don't know if there's any other Dunted Dummers in Brighton or Sussex. If there are, give me a little tweet at Angela Barnes. And maybe oh, we'll yeah, do a little bit up. That'd be nice. I always miss out on these. Yes. On the well, nudist beach. beach. You yeah, say why beach, not?
1: but it's like a you're feeling thing. I can think quality, of lots of reasons why
2: it? not, but it is, yeah, there's no sandcastles getting built on that beach. That's they still sell <laughs> <stand> buckets <laughs> and spades don't. though, which is um oh, <laughs> They do on the seafront. <laughs> no one's worked out what you're supposed to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> Put rocks in it, take rocks out of it. That's all you can do.
1: The last time I was in Brighton, um I went, I went to a uh, stag, stag do, and, yeah, and uh, I stag knew capital, it was going to start yes. off badly when uh, my friend Keith turned up uh, at my house with a holdall, uh, which was entirely full of cloudy cider, which was for the train journey to, to Brighton. In fact, the three oh. ch- train journeys from Oxford to <laughs> Brighton. And it went from bad to worse and uh, mm. and then well, we were staying at a oh, hotel dear. on the front, I think it's called the Albion, maybe something like that, and yeah and, I more um,
2: like,
1: yeah I was sharing a room with uh, someone else, well, not in that way, um with a bloke, a twin room, and um right, we didn't yeah. get that drunk, uh, or he didn't get that drunk anyway, and it had a non <laughs> Exactly. Hey, when exactly. in Rome, well, yeah. you're in Brighton. Well, when in Rome. Listen, <laughs> I, you know. Anyway, um, I wouldn't say no. Um, yeah. I, 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 it had a non-functioning jacuzzi. No. I had a bit of a bad back, and I thought oh, I'll get in this corner bath jacuzzi. So you fill it all up, and you know, get in there, and then hit the button. Nothing. Talk about you know nothing disappointment. It was my oh, oh. I you know. I, I, that, and I'd never had a... What did you
2: do? Did you get out, eat some beans and then get <laughs> back in? No, Same I, I sat
1: there like a miserable no, old git moaning <laughs> about being in this godforsaken hotel rubber? in the middle of Brighton. And so we went out on the on the Raz, and everyone no. else got really, really, really drunk. Uh, including everyone else in Brighton, and so much so that that we, when we got back right, to the right hotel, that the hotel staff uh, barricaded the front door to prevent uh, a, a group of people what? with blow-up sex dolls trying to get into the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God!
2: Welcome to my home, well, you know, people. Welcome to my home. There you go. That's, that's Brighton. We, we avoid the – there's a street that goes from the station to the beach called West Street. And in the summer, people mm-hmm. who live in Brighton just avoid that area because people come off the train straight down. That's where all the stag and the Hindus go. That's where all the party clubs are. And, and I mean, I've lived here on and off for years, and I can't remember the last time I actually walked down that street. We we stay away. <laughs> there's some nice bits of Brighton.
4: Oh, yeah, well, I, I did see nice, nice bits,
1: bits of it, but – um. Yeah, George Street in Oxford is is very similar. It's 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 people oh. in ill fitting clothing looking aggressive because they've come on a bus from the sticks and and they want to um, lamp someone. Yeah, we don't want that. So anyway, oh. let, let's. No, that's
2: what Will and Ed. I bet Will and Ed do that, <laughs> don't they? They get on a bus to well, Birmingham. Well... They do. I bet they do. Go get Larry in a club in Birmingham. Well, certainly Adam and, and
1: Ian don't get Larry in a club in Birmingham. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
2: that was so tragic,
1: wasn't it? Oh, God. I'm, I'm sure that Bro, Lucy oh, and Royce covered that, but that, yes. I bet, I bet if I'm you sure and I did. went out to a gay club <laughs> in Brighton, we'd have more of a fabulous time than they did.
2: Oh, uh, we'd have right, way it's a date, more time than they date. did. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's, Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's have a big dum to dum meet out. We're going to go to a gay club all in got to dress Let's up do it. I as mean As our
1: favourite Archer's character, which means that most of the men Archer's surely character. will be in kilts.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Of course. I'm going to be. Uh, I'm going to be Lillian. Well, yeah. I would either be sure. Jazz
1: or Lillian.
2: Street Gin. or no. I could
1: be a. I could be a cross. Yeah. You know. You know the kind of Kenny Everett thing where. He's half of him He's in a, in a bowler hatted uh, city gent, and then when he turns round, he's in a basque suspenders. I quite like that. Half oh, of me yeah. would be Chazza, and then when I turn around, I'd be Lillian. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Be Lillian. Oh, definitely. This is, is going to happen, Okay. Let's do this.
1: Okay. Right. right. Okay. Shall we actually talk we about Auntie Jean's call? Okay. <laughs> Shall we talk so about Auntie So tell me what you view, think yes. about Ed and Emma, because <laughs> be a good um, idea. I was. I, was, I, I didn't have much t- chance to react emotionally because I had a four and a half hour drive to Leeds. And then when I got lost in the middle of Leeds, that uh, was at seven o'clock and I was uh, I was ranting at my sat nav mm-hmm. uh, on the on the hire car rather than concentrating <laughs> properly on it. But my heart sank to uh, basically my toenails.
2: I I, I think that, I mean, Auntie Jean's point about as being an idiot, you know, he's an ex-addict and all this, thing, I believe so in I. redemption, right? So the fact that somebody's had a past, I don't think has any bearing on, you know, he he has proved himself in some ways to have, uh, you know, to be a decent bloke, if not an a incredibly stupid and easily led one, you know, and I sometimes just think... I. Is stupidity something that you can blame someone for? Not necessarily. You know, it's not someone's fault if they're just not very bright. And I think with Ed, he's just, you know, he's not shy of hard work. He's not like his dad. He doesn't try and cut corners all the time. He just can't catch a break. And then when he thinks he catches a break, it's dodgy and it turns out to be a disaster. So I I don't have that sort of... Oh, Edgy you Pillock, you know, yes you are a Pillock, but I sort of And who don't isn't a Pillock
1: for a start? And um,
2: in the way And
1: what kind of well, a break exactly. has, has he ever been given in life? And I think you have to remember that there are plenty of plenty of drug addicts in our cabinet at the moment. <laughs> you know, people who've taken drugs oh, and plenty yeah. of people who've yeah. lied, plenty of people who've broken the law.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit sick of and bored of the the Grundy's being you know the representatives in Ambridge of the working classes and it just never goes right and I go I come from a working class background did you know what sometimes it does go right and let's just you know can we just have the working classes just doing what they do and and Making a success of something we 're going to be the next twenty years in this country, probably under a Tory government where their you know their message to the working classes is is you have to be a self made man and yeah have... now not everyone can do that if everyone could be a self made man we would all be there 's got you know that 's why i don 't agree with the Tory ideal, but that 's another thing, but can we not have the message in the archers that's completely against that? you know can we just say, well actually, yeah, you can make it if you 're working class, you can buy a house if you want to and you you know, I'm just a bit, I'm a bit over it being like, oh, the, you know, the I mean, riff raff have failed again because they're useless. Because I can't think of a, a working class success story. In maybe. the Archers? In the Archers. I mean, I suppose you've got, you've got Susan and Neil are doing all right. Um, they're not really, they're, I suppose they're working class, aren't they? But it's, I don't know, it just feels a bit. And, and I mean, I don't know why Adam sacking him. Well, of course he did. Like, he you know, he can't take on, I understand why he did that, but, oh, I just, I just come on scriptwriters. Can we just get them in that house? I can't bear it. I can't, when they were looking, that scene when they were just looking yeah. around the house and you were just like, well, we know, yeah. don't we? We know that's not going to happen. As soon as and she said, I love that it. new carpet um, smell.
1: It's like, oh God. No! And I was reeling against it. Every episode episode of Dumpty Dumpty Dum I've done in the last six months or whatever, which is not loads, but, you know, um, every episode I was saying, no, I I can't, I cannot believe. I mean, it looks like they're pointing towards that. It's so obvious that they are going to lose this house, that the script writers are going to swerve away from that at the last minute. But yet they might still do that.
2: Yeah. Well, they might. I mean, I don't want to go into. I know we've got to not going into Sunday's episode, but you know, what, we don't with know their with their, their one
1: hundred and twenty million pound lottery win. Yeah. Well, um, well. Spoiler alert. <laughs>
2: that's right. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> oh. I, I would love that to happen. I'd love them just to get a scratch card and go. Oh, it's all right now. Move but on. Look, <laughs> you know, I Peggy's really half love a million quid
1: is an Archer's lottery. Yeah. Um, You heard it here first.
4: Yeah. One of oh, Robert's so infamously
1: crap plot predictions is <laughs> that it will go to a Grundy, uh-huh. and that's how they sort themselves yeah. out. Because it's what you were saying about redemption. Oh, I just, I, There's absolutely it... <sighs> no point, dramatically, about treading someone's yeah. face into the silage pit sorry my glasses clashed with my microphone there with passion yeah. um, there's absolutely <laughs> no point treading someone's face into the farmyard shit Let's. Let, I swore there sorry um, yeah you did it he did it that was him
2: Royfield
1: not me poo-poo. that was him potty mouth plop plop cow plop plops um, <laughs> there's no point doing that just to just to be prurient and point the finger and say yeah you are you are where you are because you deserve it. the The point of doing that is to get, as you yeah. said, some kind of redemption, and that's got to come surely.
2: Yeah, but I don't think it will be Piggy's money because her money isn't the idea of the half a million for it to be spent yes, on but the you, you... project. Not it's not like they win it no, and then no, they can buy a house. No, I'm not saying they'll
1: win that and then buy a house. What I'm saying is they'll win that and. Obviously, you'll be able uh, to pay yourself a wage from that to be able to.
2: Yeah, yeah. and that'll be their way out of poverty. So. Yeah,
1: I, I think really we should so. have a whip round, everyone. Um,
2: I hope so too. It's um, just
1: obviously don't forget the Patreon page for I mean... Dumpty Dum, but I think we should. I think we should uh, set a, a just giving page for <laughs> for Ed and Emma. I mean, yeah, Emma is annoying. <laughs> yes, but. Uh, but they deserve a bloody break. They deserve Emma, I, a break. I,
2: I, yeah. I know Emma. People moan about Emma. I like, if I had to choose between Emma and Shula, Emma all the way, and Helen for that matter. I mean, Emma doesn't annoy me as much as she seems to annoy other people. But maybe, maybe that's because I see more of me in Emma than <laughs> I do in others. <laughs> and know. I see
1: a lot of Ed in uh, me, funnily enough.
2: But she, you know. <laughs> Say what you like about Emma. She's a yep. grafter, you know. She's not She's not waiting, for, sitting back and waiting for it all to fall in her lap like bloody Kate. Do you know what I mean? Like, she does graft and she does deserve it. And it isn't fair. It isn't fair that you can have three jobs and still not be able well, to buy a that's the truth. House that's the truth. It's not fair. Oh, it is the truth, but it isn't, you know. I, I can't hate someone for being angry about that. Yeah. I'm angry about that. You know, I'm 42. I've only just built my first
1: and you're placed, not poverty stricken, um, are you?
2: You know, because No, I've been doing all right, you know. So I it's it's um it's not fair that someone could work every hour God sends and not be able to feed their families and, and keep a roof over their heads. And, so what um, we've
1: just done is we've criticized like, the archers for you know, doing that and, the and then we for many said
2: many families.
1: Well actually it's true to life, so um but it's just, but I want a bit of fantasy. Well,
2: no, it, what what I've criticised them a from bit
1: is Mm,
2: yeah, but know. they. Um, what I don't like is the giving it to them, saying you can work hard, you can get yourself out. You, there are options, and then taking it away from them, not because they can't afford it, but because they've done something stupid. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like just because. So that means done they it deserve themselves. it, and they deserve
1: I, to be where they going are. If to
2: go wrong, I want it to be. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm I'm I don't really like. It's, if if they lost the house because um you know the the sale fell through or the mortgage company were bastards or whatever then i can sort of get on board with that and go well that's real and that but can we stop just making it their own bloody fool all the time that this stuff happens because from what i can see they've worked really hard to get to where they are and then it you know they've shoot themselves in the foot and it's just i don't know it just made me go oh come on let them let them not be pillocks for a change. Well,
1: I feel like having a bit of a cry now. I don't
2: know. Like William, William, I'd happy happily see William oh, yeah, well, scrappy, you know. <laughs> I was William deserves. I, I think it, he should Adam be caught in know, one of his own think.
1: snares. Oh Wouldn't yes, you like to see him garrotted.
2: Absolutely. I mean that he he um you know, he knew full well what was gonna happen when he, he confronted Ed in front of Adam. Like you just wouldn't do that, would you? Take him to one side if you really cared. Um. Anyway, I don't know. But going back to what Mm. Auntie Jean also said, I must admit I loved that scene with Jude. So did I, because they were they
1: were uh, rivals at one step. Well, he and Linda, and he and Robert were, Uh, and it's it's about showing that mm. some good can can come of, of tragedy, and I know that's a little trite, but I guess what what I'm yeah. trying to get at is that in times of need, perhaps the people you think are not your best friends that could be your enemies actually come good in the end. Yeah. And, uh, and that was, it was lovely, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: But what I loved about it, though, is it was still quite spiky, yeah. but really affectionately spiky. You know, and and as Jill, uh, uh, Auntie Jean put it, competitive (laughs) bird watching, that's a lovely, lovely way to put it. But I just thought that scene was so lovely and that it really took Jim out of what's been going on and made him remember, you know, what he loves and everything. And then he got home and bloody Alistair was like, oh, you're feeling better, Dad? I'll tell you what, why don't you go to the police? But you can understand that. I mean, they've all been through it. And what
1: you said in your monologue about the whole one of the great things about this storyline is that there are uh, there's three men and i i i said this a few weeks ago is there's three men and there are three men that you if you wanted to get a, a triangle of of points as far away as possible as far as personality and approaching life is concerned but yet they all get on and they and they've all been drawn together by this life event and this revelation, and and it, and it just yeah, it's it's a it's a be. It's, I, I find myself surprised saying this, but it's a beautiful thing.
2: It really is. What I think it's really showing is is yeah. sort of male friendship and how um you know because we have this idea of male friendship as being okay. about So can I stop beer, you there? You know,
1: what but do you mean? Actually, we have this idea. Yeah, you mean women have this then? Um...
2: We women, I mean, I mean, in a generalised sense, you know, there's this idea of that of male friendships about lads taking the piss out of each other and banter and all of that. And there's an element of that Mm -hmm. with Jazza and Jim. But what this has shown is, uh, and I think this is, there's so much. It's really highlighting a thing in society at the moment that's being highlighted everywhere about this sort of toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. business and how three men together, when when something like this happens. Don't necessarily have the emotional yep. vocab to deal mm-hmm. with it. Do you know what I mean? Yep. To actually, they don't have the the words to say to each other, and and you can see the frustration with Jasmine because you can see he loves Jim and he really wants to care, but he just doesn't know. He doesn't have the toolkit to to deal with it because that's the problem. The way we bring up our little boys and our little girls is different. Still, you know, and we bring up our boys that they have to man yeah. up, grow a pair you know have some balls stand up to it do all this rather than go no do you know what it's actually it's okay to break down and it's okay to talk about this stuff and and all three of them are just trying to fight their way through this without that toolkit and without and and they're doing their best you know and i think it's really highlighting that and that's such a an important thing for society to that that i think people like younger men now are, are, are being taught that whereas that generation jim's generation certainly just didn't have the you know and his his way is to suppress it and to pretend it didn't happen, and it 's come out sideways throughout his entire life, you know in him being an absent father and all of those things you know all of those things that could have been avoided if if our little boys were taught how to deal with these things in the way our little girls are, yeah you know and um I just think that this is such a beautiful illustration of that and and it for me, the line that just got me was when when Jazza said, you know, I bet Harold's yeah. not having nightmares. And and that just summed up for me his frustration because he just wants justice for his mate, but justice isn't always simple, you know, um, because to get justice for for Jim means also dragging Jim through something he doesn't want to go through. Um, and it's such a complicated thing. And And thank God I've been dying for Jazza to have a storyline where he can be more than just a, you know, a Jack the Lad's. Uh, shagging housewives yeah. you know and and it just shows I think the actor's doing a brilliant job, and um more of that please 'cause i
1: I'm i do Jatter. too
2: he's he's jumped into my number one place at the minute yeah. he's
1: um yeah because he's that, he's
2: yeah
1: oh there's just so much loyalty and and compassion and and fierce genuinely placed protective. Feelings for for someone who is completely different yeah. from him, uh, but yet, yeah, there is that love between the both of them. But
2: we well, we don't, we don't know much about Jazza's no. family. I mean, he's I? he's, I he's got he his
1: ma and his brother, his family, and and I think they, I think,
2: yeah. So Jim's a real father yes, figure. Yes, because we him, never he? hear
1: about his father as
2: well. You know, never hear about Jazz's father. I don't know what that situation is. I am sure it has come up, and I expect. Um, Cosmo or someone will will know and remember what his and you know, exact background is but i just think and, that... and you know
1: it's it's um, and we we've all, wa- all want we've all wanted we've all wanted jazz to get a a, a a in a decent relationship a, a loving relationship fulfilling and but that would be an easy storyline to just chuck in his direction but th- this is showing yeah. a side of him that would never have come out if he'd got together with Fallon or he'd have got together with one of the women in, in a nighty as they come and get their gold top from him or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's.
2: It would have been too easy to do that. You're right. And I think this just shows him as like, he's got a, very, a, a real sense of yeah. justice. I think. That that's something that men with like Jazza, for all the bravado and all the drinking and the womanizing and all that, there's deep down in them. There's a sense of right yeah. and wrong, and this is so wrong to him that he cannot. You know, he can't sit with it. He can't.
1: But this is not a it. surprise. He's shown and, you know, this before, that... and he's shown real. Oh, look, I've head butted my microphone again. Um, it's probably not coming <laughs> through, but um, Royfield can had add, add um, scaffolding falling. Down a, a well or whatever to uh, illustrate that, um, but that he's shown this this real, really strong moral backbone that he has there before, and, and I, I think I mentioned this a couple yeah. of weeks ago with maybe Andrew or, or Lucy is, is that when 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 Fallon got together with uh, oh remember who's the bloke who worked in the bank that turned out to be gay Harrison. Harry, 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 and and there was a bit of a rival there. But you know, he doffed his cap at the end and said, "I've been beaten." And then, more so with Harrison, that he eventually he was on Harrison's side, and he saw that Harrison would make Fallon happy. So he actually got them together, as far as I remember.
2: Yes, I think you're right. And also, just things like you know, helping Fallon out with. Didn't he, like do wedding dress shopping or something
1: like that with her, and yeah, well, that's a, that's a above he's and beyond a, the call of duty, quite frankly. But there we are. <sighs>
2: yeah, <laughs> it really is. I think what we're both saying is
1: that we we <laughs> so, both yes. want Lillian to be our friend and Harrison to be our friend, uh, not Harrison, yep. uh, uh, um, and Jazza to Jazz be our sir. friend.
2: I want Jazzer in my team. I don't want him
1: against me. Definitely not. Shall we have another caller? Our second caller. (laughs) This is Monty.
5: Hello, you two. Monty here. Um, Oh, that was hard listening this week. Um, I predicted many months ago that uh, Ed and Emma would lose their house, and it gives me no pleasure to see that come true. Um, But can I just say how much I hate Will? I hate him. Oh, hey. if there's one thing you want from your family, it's loyalty and not to drop you in it and to destroy, maybe even not to destroy your life. Will is everything you would not want in a brother. He flies off the handle. He has no emotional, uh, um, intelligence. He has very little, um, uh, empathy for others. And I've really had it with him. I, I find him grating I find every storyline with him um making me want to shout uh at the uh at the ipad uh and um I really want him to come crashing down now. I'd actually quite like to see him uh leave the series i think because I find him so unpleasant that it's it's awful um and I really hope that the Grundys find out that it was essentially Will who uh, put the uh, nail in Ed's coffin, um, because uh, Ed could have uh, managed that situation and got out of it if he'd had a little bit more loyalty from from his brother, who you would expect your brother to give you um, loyalty if you're in a fix, at least mine would, uh, and I'd do for him, so... What a complete piece of shit Will is.
2: <laughs> Thanks. Hear, <laughs> hear, well, Monty. I couldn't agree more. Don't you... I, I think in a family like the Grundys, right, w- right or wrong, whatever, what Ed has done is wrong. Okay, I'll give you that. It's wrong. But,
4: mm-hmm.
2: like, he's a Grundy. They they wheel and they deal. This is not a new thing for Grundies to be doing dodgy deals. And so they know, Grundy know, that you don't grass up your brother, however dodgy a deal, and that you sort it out between you. Anything like that, you sort out between you. You don't do it in front of your brother's boss. You just don't. He's a pillock, and I'd like to see the back of him. He's a sexist pig. He he was horrible to Nick. You know, he's so sad he lost his wife. No, she's probably better <laughs> off dead than with Will. Oh, my God. I absolutely. He was, he's vile, horrible... You know, women can't play cricket. Oh, do one, get in the sea with uh, Jill. Will that's what I will and Jill both in the sea this will week.
1: Will and Gin, Jill, Kaye <laughs> up a tree, or in the Will and Jill in the sea, drinking drinking bottle beans. No, no, that's disgusting. Something like that. Oh God, yeah, we need to talk about that in a moment. Not, not drinking horse piss, obviously. Um Let's not forget Will has always been um, a grating, whining, entitled a-hole. I don't dispute that. Yeah. But he's a man that's teetering on the edge, isn't he? Because of what's happened to him. Yes! And this is not to excuse it. This is a reason for his behaviour. No. Although this kind of behaviour has been um, evident in the past. But you're right. I mean...
2: I think Will, you know, in that, be brought up in that family, family, you know, family, and it's loyalty, it's all of that. So you don't, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't do that to your brother, you know, over. So I know he's cross that he thinks it could have had an impact on whether he gets to keep Papi and mm. all of that. But I, because he helped him before, didn't he, to stash the chemicals in the first yeah. place. So why suddenly, you know, I know, and I know Ed, gave him his word that he wasn't dealing with it anymore but when he found out you would think you'd just go right well maybe give my brother the benefit of the doubt and find out why yeah. he's still involved in this maybe there's more going on than meets the eye rather than just going there and flare up in front of his boss and um yeah i don't know the whole i just i really i really can't stand well as a character anyway so because it's just such a woman hating entitled piece of excellent <laughs> that
1: it's it's a real. I'd
2: be quite happy as well if he. Left it's a the real series. Cain
1: and Abel situation, isn't it? Don't you think? I can't remember which which yeah, was the well, good I mean, one, Cain do... or Abel. I mean, I've 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 read a couple of lines oh, God, from the I Bible. Uh, I Don't
2: know my Bible well enough. <laughs> a couple right. more than I have. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, um, I think I think um, that it's just I'm bored of the you know. At one point, there's Clary and Ed. How many times have we had Clary and Ed? Oh, isn't it lovely to see William and Ed getting on? We hear that every once a month, and then there's a big <laughs> fight. You know, and it's like, how many times can we, you know, keep going round in this circle? And I think it's, it's going to keep happening until one of them, hopefully, William, leaves. Well, maybe what will happen and is, is like that Tim Otey
1: and, and his gang of hard men will go round and um, throttle... Will with um, some kind of ligature, uh, and and then bury him oh, in 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 a in a an old fertilizer barrel in, in the home farm.
2: <laughs> Pop him in the culvert, the culvert yeah. with uh, what's his name? Oh,
1: Stefan, Stefan, <laughs> yes, Stefan, yeah.
2: Put him with Stefan in the culvert.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so I oh, really I just... hope that that Stefan's bones tinkle out of the culvert at some stage when there's a the next flood.
2: It's got. I mean, the bunting. The bunting reappeared, so it's got to be Stefan. So Stefan, Stefan next, it?
1: comes out of the culvert, just bone, skeletal. Uh, the skeletal figure of um, of of Stefan comes out, and there is bunting tied around his. his neck. Tied
4: around him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what went first, the bunting or Stefan? I can't remember the oh, order. God, I
1: can't remember. I think Stefan
2: went before the bunting, didn't he? Uh,
1: ooh. I think.
2: I think it was a while before. I don't know. My timeline's
3: gone I in know. my head. We, we
1: need Cosmo for that kind of thing. He, he's he's yes. a, an aficionado. Aficionado. I can't say, I can't say that yeah. word. I've only seen it spelt on the, <laughs> on the front of cigar aficionado. And you know what? Uh, I, you know, I was regretting putting iridescent or iridescence in my script because I, I was, I was practising at work. Uh, uh, boss. No, I wasn't practising. Oh. It, it's quite difficult to say that. It's quite <laughs> difficult to say that. Uh, iridescence. iridescence, and then plumage, and then plumage afterwards. It's, uh, I'm setting myself a trap.
2: Iridescence. Shall we plumage. go back to a
1: couple of things I've written down here?
2: Well, I'm just a brown sparrow, aren't I? So what do
1: I know? <laughs> oh, I knew that was coming back. <laughs> if you were,
2: to... <laughs> I did warn you. I said I'd logged
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> it was said with love. And do you know the last? Do you I, know the I'm last? Sure, it was uh, the last woman that was compared. Uh, uh, to a sparrow in popular um, culture. Uh,
2: was that Edith Piaf? I
1: wasn't th- I wasn't thinking she of her, but yes. Sparrow? I was thinking of Bar- Babs Windsor myself.
2: Oh, she's
1: the sparrow yeah. as well. So, there's, there's, so we've got sparrow. Cockney, Cockney sparrow. sparrow. So we've yeah. got Edith Piaf. I'm co- I've compared you to Edith Piaf and Barbara Windsor, and yet you're <laughs> bloody complaining. Whoever has been complaining to and the iridescence wind- of a lapwing's plumage? Who? Quentin frigging crisp. <laughs> I'm Quentin crisp. And if you've seen my kitchen, you'd know why. <laughs> oh, Lord, I've headbutted the microphone again. I mean, I've never done this with Lucy. There's something wrong with you, dear.
2: You're too I passionate.
1: I know. I'm ge- I get overexcited with new company.
2: I'm getting you riled up. I get overexcited off, with new
1: company and then I show off and it all ends badly. <laughs> It, it started like this with Lucy and then it was like
2: it. you're overtired and you're showing uh, off. <laughs> Stop showing off in front of
1: your friends. I'm Robert. like I'm like a
2: you're overtired you've had too much sugar. I'm
1: like a 3-year-old <laughs> in a, in a in a multicoloured sex
2: dungeon.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about Lillian interfering at the bull. Because I what the hell has she got yes. to do with the bull? She owns the bull, she rents it to them. She's got god all to do with uh, with the running of the pub, surely.
2: I I got a bit confused with all this stuff. I just, I know Jolene's away um, on this tour that's all very suspect. Oh, yeah.
1: Let's um, not go into Jolene's, JoLene's I, I singing really... three months ago, by the way. Because I think you and I can no, sing better no, than Jolene. No, oh no,
2: God, no, let's not. And I really can't sing, but I still think I, yeah. Give it wait wait for, her, for it. our
1: Christmas album, but, um, Islands in the Stream by Robert Wilson yeah. and Angela Barnes.
2: <laughs> 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 we'll we'll perform it at the uh the gay club when we when we do our meet up definitely in brighton definitely. we'll go to a karaoke bar in brighton we'll do islands in the stream everyone this honestly this is gonna sell like this wild is so
1: gonna happen fire this um so
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna um oh, what was I gonna, oh yeah no but the, the whole thing with the uh, you know, the ginger wine and the Mediterranean being spelt wrong on the board. And the and then it was just Toby trying to tell them what's going on. And, and they kept doing that archer's thing that I know gets on Lucy's nerves. And it really gets on my nerves as well, where somebody's trying to tell you something, you just ignore them and then walk away. And that person never goes, well, you two just shut the fuck up and listen. I'm trying to tell you something. <laughs> um, you know, I find that so annoying. And they use that a couple of times this week. And I just, oh, because it just wouldn't ever happen in the real world. But I don't really understand. And then they were saying, "Oh, it's because Oliver's not, here and he used to pick up the slack without you noticing." And that was the point they were trying to. All of that was leading well, to. Well, Oliver
1: obviously but isn't picking up know. the slack, is he? I mean, apparently there no. was a, an old chip under a table. I
2: just, I don't understand. I, I, I got really yeah. confused. I, I feel like I've missed something. What's the something point of it?
1: What, where's that going? That. What's the point of it?
2: Yeah. Is yeah. it just? Because Toby kept saying it's not because Jolene's not here, it's not because Jolene's not here. And and then well what what is the Do you going think on? sometimes
1: really that everyone's under contract and they're under contract to appear in a certain number of episodes? And then someone says, Oh Christ, we haven't had uh Sonny Ormond in for a while. Tell you what, let's have let's have a, a, a storyline in which uh, she interferes too much in the running of uh, of of the ball. Because, you know, I mean She's only got a, yeah. a a relationship with Justin to hold down and run Ambridge. <laughs> uh, what, what's the company called?
2: The the yeah the trust the community trust. She's got the trust. community trust oh, and Amside
1: properties. It's like bloody hell.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I I love the character of Lillian, and I just feel she's been underutilized. There was that god awful quiz thing. Yes. I just think Lillian Lillian only works in the ball when she's on the other side of the bar when she's drinking. She doesn't work as somebody who works. Yeah, in because pub. it's She it's, works as somebody who drinks. It's poacher turned
1: gamekeeper in that situation. Yeah,
2: absolutely, and I just that whole um, uh, business with the pub quiz was just excruciating. Yeah, and and then just her, I don't know, I've just and her sort of. The way she nagged at Kenton about the thing being spelt wrong, and that, it just didn't feel like Lillian. It felt, I don't know. Although was... one thing I
1: would say is, at least I now know how to spell Mediterranean, so that's a big tick.
2: <laughs> one T, apparently.
1: Yeah, one T, not Mediterranean. <laughs> I and mean, it makes a medi median, Mediterranean. Mediterranean median uh, sort. Yeah, thank, thanks, Lillian.
2: Mediterranean, yes.
1: Spell moccasins. <laughs> Go on, love. Spell moccasins. Go on. After nine gins. <laughs> but you can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Let, let's talk. Let's let's have oh, let's uh, have um your your um analysis of Leonard because I think he is Saint Francis of Frigging Assisi. He is too good I for Jill. Love
2: Leonard, way too good for Jill. And I, when he just went, um, what was it? He said something about stop lambasting that young yes. man. I, what I really wanted him to say there was. What, who, who the hell do you think you are? This isn't, the, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work. You're, you're a terrible person. Because <laughs> um, I think Leonard's just a sweetheart, isn't he? And I love that actor as well. Yeah. That actor's been in a few things. Oh, you remember, do you remember like,
1: him in This Life? He was Egg's dad in This Life. Oh, was yes. he?
2: Oh, that mate! Yes, and of
1: he course. got off with Anna I'm, I'm in bit... that. Whoa, well, hey, good for you, mate! Sorry, oh, bit yeah. laddish, bit laddish. Bit laddish sorry,
2: God, that's going back a bit now, isn't
1: it? <laughs> that's, that's dated be a us, but twenty both. years ago, it, isn't was, it? it was. It was. Oh, it was God. late nineties. It was late nineties. Yeah, I was
2: at university.
1: I, I that was when I first came to Oxford, and I used to watch it uh, in in the first uh, rented accommodation I lived in in Oxford. And because I live in Oxford now, I'm still in rented accommodation. Thank you, Thatcher.
2: <laughs> yes, I, I, I. He, oh, that's who else he played? Uh, Tom Riddlesworth's dad in oh, Tom that's right yeah. Yeah. radio series. Um. But yeah, I I just love the character of Leonard. I think it's nice that he's been brought in. I I'm not sure I buy his relationship with Jill. He feels like he's much younger than Jill. I don't know if they've said he is, but it feels to me cause she's what ninety. Well, in odd? real
1: life, he is. Um, he's younger than the actress, Well, the actor. Yeah, Can't but I mean, even in the th- actor that plays. Jill. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think I got away got with I it. Right I think I got away with
2: it. right on. No one noticed. Oh, Robert, cheers. Just
1: edit the there. s off.
2: Right, <laughs> but I just feel like Leonard as a character feels younger than Jill, and I don't know if they've said he's like a toy buzzer, but he sounds and feels like he's about seven. Do you know
1: what I think? Whereas she's, you know, I think there's going to be a, a, a dim and distant past that comes up. Do you yes. think? And, and do you to turn know, out to be a wrong uh, one? No, well, no, I, th- I think he's he's going to turn out that he's had a life and he's made mistakes and he's he's rectified those. And that is why he's so yeah. understanding of other people. He's been understanding of, 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 uh, Freddie, for example, everyone, e- everyone. Jill. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think there's going to be, yeah. there's, there are hidden depths to him and they will be revealed.
2: Yeah. It's something's got to be going on because so far he's put up with that bloody family and I would have been well out of there. Yeah. So either he's a saint and just a really nice guy or, He's like, well, I've been so terrible in my past that this is what I deserve, the Archer's family. (laughs) It's it's what I deserve. (laughs) Oh, God, to have Shula as your stepdaughter. Oh, Oh, my God.
1: Well, well, at least you'd have access to, I don't know, smother her in the night. I don't know. Anyway...
0: For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
1: Anyway, on this, uh, on this podcast that oh, no, no. advocates uh, multicolored uh, sex dungeons and um, killing your girlfriend homicide, homicide. <laughs> shall we have the social media roundup? From Mr. Yokel Bear. Lovely. Okay. Do your best, Yokel.
6: Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Yokel Bear here with the social media roundup for the week. We started the week talking about Shula and her upcoming sorry, ordination. <laughs> And people have very (laughs) strong views on this. Benjamin Hugh Mackay says, uh, It is portraying the church in a very bad light. Bald, middle-aged women with nothing better to do than to prattle and utter platitudes from the pulpit. Yep, Benjamin, you've nailed Shula there, really, haven't you? And by nailed, I mean kind of summed up her personality, not the, you lot have really got dirty minds, haven't you? Janice Betson said <laughs> that I was wrong to take a cynical view, and she said, I'm pleased to see the BBC are depicting the subject seriously for a change. bunch of atheists that most of them appear to be. Um, yeah, I think the BBC <laughs> probably is a bit atheist, maybe. I don't know. Seems to be quite a lot of religion on Sunday, but then again, it's Sunday. So, yes. Liz Villalobos said, I think the same thing, but I fear she dreams of leading Jim to Christ. Maybe she thinks they're halfway there. (laughs) And at this point, Jed Robinson beat me to it when he replied. Is she living on a prayer? Oh, oh sorry,
4: aren't
6: <laughs> you? <laughs> Inga blackford said, the most interesting thing about that whole episode, you know, which was about Shula, was the bit about Eddie's smalls um, and Clary, <laughs> Clary um, warming them on the range. Uh, Inga, you're not going there. We do not want to think about Eddie's smalls, thank you very much. But whilst we're, we're mentioning Jim... Later on the week, we had a discussion about whether Jazza and Alistair should respect Jim's decision not to go to the police, whether, you know, is Jim doing the right thing? And um, there were quite a few opinions on this. Angie Rafter said, I understand that the victim needs to be respected, but these creeps can keep on preying on others and need to be stopped. I get that this guy is likely in his 90s and possibly disabled, in brackets, maybe faking. Um, I like your cynicism <laughs> there, Angie. Um, but still he's disturbing that there are likely other victims. And a few other people said this as well. Of, you know, okay, you know, Jim, is it's got to be Jim's decision, but it feels like it's letting that guy off the hook. Zoe Picton said, um, I think it's Jim's choice and agree with what he says about not wanting to take over his life. Um, yeah, I think that too. I think, you know, it's Jim's lived this long with it, and I think he's found a way of living his life. But, I mean, I I don't know. I'm really torn because, on the other hand, it's clear that it's affected him. How can it not affect him? Phil Park said... Pay Harold a visit. Um, maybe both of them can have a little chat. Um, yeah, I was feeling a bit like that. Is just like, let, yes, just get a posse up and go around there. Um, which is not no. like me. I'm normally it's peaceable. Bad. But yeah, it's a very difficult issue. I feel that I think they should respect Jim. And also, I think if Jim doesn't want to progress something and not give a statement, I'm not sure how the police could progress that. I don't know. Now, my out-of-character moment of the week was um, Clary whose principles just seemed to go out the window when she found out that Sausage Boy was getting some non-organic sausages in. Sue England said, a totally out-of-character reaction. Pat is always the organic champion and would never allow Bodge Farm, sorry, Bridge Farm, um, <laughs> to be Farm. less. <laughs> Sarah Paskey said, I can't imagine running a family enterprise and not discussing it with the whole family before making such an about-turn-off message decision. If you trade on your organic Name, then you need to sell all organic and i'm not sure you can have a soil association accreditation if you sell non-organic in the same shop um yeah i i think that might be the case actually is this the beginning of the kind of downward spiral of all these compromises that bridge farm is going to make um and of course where will the fact that Natasha Spends Money Like Water come into this as well. Sorry, I say money. Spends Credit Like Water. However, the most discussion we had this week was this week's cliffhanger when Adam gave... Ed the Push, after the big fight between William and Ed. Um, This caused a lot of reaction. We asked the question, did Adam do the right thing? Elizabeth Llewellyn said, this storyline would lead to lots of wonderful conflict. I agree that Adam did the right thing. I feel bad for Ed, but he really should have said no to Tim the Crim right up front. And who is to say that the evil Will won't shop them to the police? Um, I'm not sure that Will would actually... I think once he realises the impact, I think, and the impact it's going to have on Emma and everybody, I don't think Will's going to make things worse. But then again, it's Will. So probably will, yeah. Kerry Jane as well said, um, echoing what Elizabeth uh, Llewellyn said, my heart says he should have kept him on, uh, but my head says Adam was right. A home farm cannot take any more bad publicity, even by association about chemicals. Um, and again, she agrees this leads to so many great storylines. How will Ed and Emma afford the house? Um, will he further get into crime? Um, and also, how will Adam handle a farm and a baby? Um, yeah, we haven't heard anything about Lexi and the baby. Surely, I don't know, is it like 10 months overdue or something now? <laughs> Martin Van der Heuvel said, Hopefully Martin Gibson doesn't get wind of this drama. He'd love to kick Will out of his job. Um, oh, now there's a thought. Um, Catherine Newnham said... I'm hoping that when Joe passes away that he'll leave a secret fortune to his grandchildren and Ed can still get the house after all, with a vow to himself to never be so stupid again, no doubt. Um, It's a lovely idea, Catherine, but I think um, Joe has probably spent all of his money on cider, just (laughs) guessing there. (laughs) Teresa de Billet says, I wonder if Susan and Neil will take out a mortgage for them. Uh, Maybe, um... I don't know. I think Susan would want to, but whether Neil would would agree to it, I'm not sure, because he's far more sensible. It is a huge commitment for them, isn't it? What did happen in this thread is that there was a bit of a debate about kind of um, what was the status of Ed's employment. John Turland said, no, Adam has no legal position to sack him. But other people were saying, well, yes, he does. Even if he's a subcontractor, you can just dispense with his services. But if he does have a contract, it could be considered gross misconduct certainly the fight with will but we don't know do we i think that's the problem is that we know he's employed but i guess it's not very good radio is it to say have a whole section on whether he's a subcontractor or not um so i guess (laughs) that one the jury's out maybe we can ask um kerry davis and see what he says now whilst we're on the subject of that house um jackie fear raised something that's been bugging me she said surely ed's mortgage is in place already if they're moving in so shortly um not quite sure why he's saying he will lose the house um he can do contracting work elsewhere but yeah i think this is the thing i really that scene when they were kind of going around the house and then they mentioned they've yet to sort the mortgage it was just like i think they were counting their chickens before they hatch a little bit it's like they've assumed that they get in the house but they haven't actually sorted the money out and that's been bugging me a bit all week it's carp for the horse i think isn't it don't know Hmm. But the last thing I'm going to say on this is not something that came up and I'm going to abuse my position here of doing a social media roundup by saying something that wasn't mentioned on social media. Well, it was a little bit that Jed Robinson said something about wanting to hear what Lucy said about how the Grundies are kind of used in the script to show the class differences. And I think that's absolutely right. And this is, I'm really hoping that this isn't going to be another plot line where the Grundies come out on the bottom simply because they don't have much if they can figure out a way yeah, where yeah. they you know i'd love emma and ed to get that house um because i think housing for working class people in i've, I've gone on about this before housing for working class people in rural areas is a real issue and um, but i think there is a way that it could be addressed and they still don't end up destitute um i'm a big fan of the Grundys. i love clary eddie i think is just you know comedy genius sometimes joe emma well she's a bit annoying sometimes emma but you know and will well yeah actually will's a bit annoying but most of them i love and i just like to see the grundies just have a bit of luck not not just short-term luck but long-term luck and actually like be able to kind of move on and bring up the next generation of grundies but anyway that's me getting all class war there so yeah i think you know script writers do the right thing by the anyway after that rant i'm gonna go um that's me done for the weekend you've got the lovely millie bell for the social media roundup next week okay bye
1: thanks local uh, bye, local yokel bear. bear yokel bear so <laughs> you know often i call him local <laughs> bear and uh as we know my local bear is someone completely different
2: um, <laughs> um i i mean well absolutely yokel bear though that's what i was saying earlier wasn't it about the grundies and the yep. you know how they represent the working classes the bit about the about the mortgage I think as somebody who's bought a house in the last year and who is also self-employed I'm assuming Ed is self-employed right because he does different things for different people well I I'm assuming think that's
1: I think he he he's self-employed as far as um you know throwing his tractor around Borsetshire but I think yeah. the job he had at uh, Home Farm was, was actually a, a, a proper like 40 hours a week mm.
5: job.
2: Right. I couldn't remember whether that was just part of it. Because I know when... I'm self-employed, obviously. And when I bought a house, I had to show sort of... For my mortgage company, I had to show three years of accounts. Um, you know, they sort of work out what my average income was from that. But, I had, you know, that has one of the people I work for stopped employing me during that time that that wouldn't have affected it i don't think they no point um i and again i'm veering into territory from sunday night's episode here so i don't want to um go on but you know mm. i you know it's whether you pick and choose what you tell your mortgage company i suppose and and uh, that's something that that'll um that'll come up i have no doubt i don't know about um susan and neil taking on the mortgage for them i don't think neil would Not that close to retiring age, and I don't think they would do that. I don't think
1: they could do that. I think they could, in that they've obviously paid off their own mortgage. He's just got a job that's 50-odd grand a year. Yeah,
2: that's true. She works. Susan's well. got the
1: uh, manager. Uh, uh, managers. Uh, <laughs> she's a manager, so you know she's on a decent work a from the community shop, and yeah. um, um, and the yogurt making brings in uh, quite a bit too. Um yeah. So I maybe think maybe that they, they could cover that mortgage, and you could get a ten year mortgage, fifteen year mortgage on that. What? How old is Neil? Sixty. 60?
2: Sixty odd, I guess. Yeah.
1: yeah. Maybe. And they've got the maybe. capital to back it.
2: Yeah,
1: maybe they uh, will. I don't,
2: I don't know. The um, oh, I said, yeah. Well, I was going to say something else, and I completely forgot what it
1: was. Well, that's all right because I want, I want to, uh, I want to bring up a few dumpty dum rules that I'm making up, and that is that okay. we never use, we never use the euphemism, passed away or passes away. <laughs> dead. It's dead, died, <laughs> carked it, kicked the bucket. Or you know, um, any for anything else from the 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 dead parrot sketch, but death passes away. Well, come on,
2: yeah, Cark it's a bit,
1: it. it's, yeah, yeah.
2: We know what they mean. Yeah. I I um speaking of sort of life and death. How long has Lexi been gestating that bloody baby?
4: Do you know what?
1: <laughs> I, I I looked at um Twitter earlier, and and then as that was going through, I wrote down. Um, what someone on Twitter had said and then put a big box around it, which is that don't forget that Lexi is 67 weeks pregnant.
2: (laughs) Do you know, I've got that down as one of the tweets of the week. I was going to, that's Sarah underscore Mattox, isn't it? said that. No, that's all right. That's fine. It wasn't the tweet of the week, so I'll let you off. But um, maybe, maybe she's a donkey because they gestate for a year. So maybe, no, 67 Mm. weeks is more than a year though, isn't it?
1: I but I have a suspicion that, that Roy might be a donkey, which is why she ended up. Ah. With him, but
2: <laughs> oh, Robert!
1: Sorry, that I, was I you did that. My, that was you. Shame, shamed myself, haven't I? Shamed. I hope you're
2: personally. noticing, Royfield. That it is Robert who is dragging us into the gutter this week, not me. I, I've been on my best behaviour. One mention of sex dungeons. Liar. One mention. That's it. That's all I've done. <laughs> um,
1: but it was. It was. It was. It was, it was pivotal. Your sex dungeon was pivotal.
2: (laughs) That's what they say. Oh God. Um, To go go a bit more serious, I put a slightly serious head on this. Go on then. um, What it was saying about Jim and whether or not they should go to the police, um, you know, and, and people on social media were saying, well, this person's obviously got other victims. And so it's not fair on them to not go to the police and all of that. And, um, I um I have been a victim of assault, not on that scale, I hasten to add. But yeah. I and I I've talked about this on the news quiz a little while ago. So if you listen to the news quiz, I do apologize because you've heard me bang on about this before. But when it happened when something happened to me, I always assumed, because you you think you know how you would react in certain situations, and I always assumed if something happened to me that I would kick them in the balls, scream, shout, do all the things that you think you would do. And when it does actually happen, um, none of those things happened. What actually happened is I yeah. froze, I couldn't move, my brain shut down and I just, you know, didn't do any of the things that I thought I would do. I didn't react in any of the ways I assumed I would react. and And that's not just in the moment that is after as well. And, I realised at that point, I would never, ever, ever judge anybody on how I think they should have reacted after something's happened to them. Because until you've been in that situation on whatever scale, you don't know what you, you think you know what you would do. You think you would go to the police. You think you would do this, that and the other. But you don't know what you would do until it's happened to you. And to say to somebody, well, by not going to the police, you are making the situation worse for other people is is a form of victim blaming, right? Because that person that you've said that to is a victim who is already trying to deal with this horrific thing that's happened to them. And all you are doing by saying that, you're not going to make them go... Oh, yes, you're right. I'll do that then. All you're doing is piling more blame onto them than they've already got on themselves. And that is not helping anybody. That is not going to make them go to the police. It is not going to get that person arrested. It's not going to do anything. People can only react in the way they do. There's no right or wrong way to react to being assaulted, whether it was years ago or yesterday. There's no. And so when I hear anybody say, well, what you should do is it just really grinds my gears because until it's happened to you and even if it has happened to you what you did isn't necessarily what the next person will do you know and and to pile more um blame and more stuff onto the victim than they're already dealing with is a really shitty way of dealing with it and and all and it's not easy to be around somebody who's been assaulted it's not easy to be the friend of somebody who's been assaulted or to be the family of someone who's been assaulted because you know what you want them to do but you're not them and all you can do is is be there you know and to support them in whatever decision they make and unfortunately if the decision they make is that they don't want to report there is fuck all you can do about that except stand back and be supportive and if you try and pressure someone into reporting something they're not ready to or that they don't want to all you're doing is adding to that person's experience. And so, um yeah, I, I, you know, it's really difficult for Alistair and his sister and Jazza and all of that around Jim. It must be so frustrating and so of it, but they're going to have to back off because all they're doing is making him feel more guilty. And all that will do is make him withdraw even more and and put it back away in that box. It's been in for 50 odd years and, and never bring it out again. You know, it's got to come from Jim. It's got to. Yeah. Oh, I got
1: a bit serious, because it's it? it? Well, but it's it's well worth saying it's it's his decision yeah. and he has to be in control because yeah. I mean that is that that that's that's exactly what it's about is him being able to control his life
2: yeah absolutely
1: and, and the um, fact that
2: this person might have perpetrated elsewhere you know we mustn't But lose that's sight not of Jim's fact. fault that exactly. is not Jim's fault we mustn't lose sight of the fact that the only person at fault in any of that is the perpetrator And so often with assault, we lose track of that. We think, you know, it's that thing when a a rapist is going to rape and an assaulter is going to assault. And so we have to, you know, uh, and no, that person is the only one to blame. And and if they do continue to, uh, you know, assault other people, that is still not Jim's fault for not going forward. He's a victim and you shouldn't ever take that status away from someone when they're not ready to.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, let's have a clunking change of gear.
2: Yes. <laughs> and
1: um, Angela, it says on the script. Here, oh, hello. I understand you have something, uh, some exciting news about Birmingham, don't you?
2: Uh, that's the first time that sentence has ever been said, isn't it? So right. it <laughs> exciting news about Birmingham. I was going to Birmingham. put that in,
1: but I thought you it. Know.
2: <laughs> it's a beautiful city. I'll give it that. Um, I'm just oh, trying yeah. to, I, I've got the script in front of me here, Robert, and I am currently scrolling through to try and, Find where the Birmingham bit is, and it's the
1: bit in red that says, Yes, dum to Dum Live is coming to Brum.
2: I it's not on my why is it gone from my I've gone straight from uh, you can find your hang on no website, right? Hang on, oh, this is smooth, isn't it? I'm doing so well, they'll never ask me to do this again. I've got now stuff so from social oh, with Hang on, I'll tell you what I'm doing, Robert. Well, I think I'll tell you, you might what have I've opened done. the wrong, I've line. opened last week's. Scripts is what I'm Do
1: you I'm want done. me to do it? Do you want me on, to do no, it? Hang on, no, sorry,
2: Can I've I got it? it. I've nailed it. I've got it. Don't panic. It's going to be oh, all, right. all right. Bear with me. All right. Give me two seconds. Hang Bear, on. With. Bear with. Bear with. Bear with. Oh, flippity doodah. Where have I put it? I think I printed it out. Did I print it out? Oh, God. It's all gone peeped off. Right. This is so smooth. Royfield, I am a professional. Did you know that? Absolute pro, yeah.
1: Is this what it's like in the uh mock the week?
2: A, that's why the mock the week records are three hours long, it's just me faffing trying to <laughs> find my notes. <laughs> um, oh, I downloaded it, where's it gone? Come on, you bugger. Oh, I see, I'm in mean, right. Uh, no, that's not right. If I open that. There it is. Twenty ninth. Hey. Okay. I've opened it. You realise <laughs> that
1: that bugger's going to lead this whole thing. Yeah, he is, isn't
2: he? Right Come on, mate. This is my this yeah. is my career on the line.
1: <laughs> don't don't forget. We know where you live. Actually, we don't because no lives one in knows where he lives. Yeah.
2: I I think he still yeah. lives in. I don't think he lives in America at all. I think he's. Uh, no,
1: he still lives in Birmingham with his mum. Yeah,
2: just, he just gives us this international man of mystery sort of persona he's invented for himself. But yeah, he lives in his mum's basement. He's sat there now in his pants. That's what he's doing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah and there's a green screen behind him with with a with the Golden Gate yep. Bridge behind yep. him, and that's, that's it.
2: That's just it. reading
1: comics. What a, fraud. That's all he's what a doing. bloody fraud! <laughs> <laughs> We're on to you, Roy Brown. What a fraud! Uh, right. right, Okay, so I'm backing now. Again, <laughs> So, Angela, I understand you have some exciting news about Birmingham, don't you? I do
2: indeed,
1: Robert, I do. Yes, as you may
2: well know, Dumpty Dum Live is coming to Brum. Um, And uh, I'm especially excited because I'm going to Dumpty Dum Live and it is on my birthday. Dumb to Dumb Live is happening oh. on my 43rd birthday, uh, live at Birmingham Town Yay. Hall on Saturday, 9th of November. Uh, the show starts at 2pm. Tickets are £12 with concessions at £10, and um, uh, under-16s are £5. Um, now, do book now because tickets are going fast. I am. This will be worth it because it's my birthday. I'm bringing my other half has agreed to come with me who mm-hmm. has never watched an episode of The Archers. Uh, no, none of us have watched it. What am I saying? Has never listened to an episode of The Archers yes. in his life, and he's going to come to a Dumpty Dum live, and I cannot wait to see his face while he's trying to work out what the fuck he's going
1: on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it will be, it will be, it will, it will be um, bewilderment, <laughs> fear. And uh, what other emotion? Because uh, it's the, the the rule of three, bewilderment, fear... Uh, he'll and... be phoning
2: his mum saying, Mum, I think I'm in a cult. I think... <laughs> I think <laughs> go and get me, I'm in a cult. And you are. <laughs> so so I think it's worth the ticket price just to see that happen, personally. Um, you can get your tickets Definitely. from the Birmingham Town Hall website, uh, which is www.thsh.co.uk uh, slash event or slash Dumpty Dum hyphen live hyphen one I guess if you just go to the Birmingham Town Hall website you'll find the tickets there um book them uh I'll just say it once more it's my birthday on that day and I like real ale and gin there we are just saying just putting that out there Uh, (laughs) I do oh
1: I knew we would get on I like real ale and gin I've just got into Aperol spritz oh I've never
2: tried one
1: after my recent my recent visit to Italy, mm-hmm. and I had—I've well, had a few here in Britain, but I had one in in a, in a, a bar outside the Pitti Palace in Florence. Oh, uh, oh you're so sophisticated, bar.
2: Bar. Yeah, Robert. Oh,
1: he's oh so yeah. Sophisticated. <laughs> well, yes, don't know. Yes,
2: <laughs> you come into Don
1: I was there to see art and shit oh, like that. Oh,
2: <laughs> you—you're <laughs> going to be there, aren't you?
1: And do you know what? I'm so dis. I, yeah, I, I, yes, yes, I am. I've, I've been called. Good. And um, you know, I'm so disappointed because I, I made sure that I put the full website in there with the HTTPS and all that kind of thing. And I was hoping it would trip you up. And it didn't. So you are a consummate I am a professor, pro,
2: indeed. You can try and catch me out, probably, but you never will.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ooh, another challenge laid down. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, speaking of challenges laid down. Yes. In Lucy's absence, you've been plumbing the depths of Twitter. I
2: have you? indeed. And um, I have found some tweets of the week. Um, so the ones that have caught my eye are uh, at Kerry Warbis on Twitter. She said, when Shula starts a sentence with, it might be sensible, run. Run like bloody fuck. <laughs> 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 <She> <laughs> I it was nice.
1: Kerry Warbis, I have to say, is the queen of artists. She's great. Twitter. I do love Puts. her tweets and do you know what apparently she used to live in wakefield oh, as well
2: there you go small world just like oh, me yeah.
1: yeah not born there obviously no. anyway
2: um,
1: continue on. Uh,
2: at jane bramley she said some people have to endure the most dreadful things so they might be able to put up with me too says shula <laughs> which is <laughs> it's not quite <laughs> lovely. Oh, it's so cruel! This is—is uh, is this a complete? Uh, it's not. All true. I'll leave Shula alone character now. Character assassination. Alone for a bit. Uh, we've got at Paul W. Truman. He said, "We've all sweated for that bloody deposit. I'm not going back to that chicken factory again. I won't. You can't make me."
4: <laughs>
2: which I, <thought> that was... <laughs> I do you feel like it. I do feel like I've uh that deposit along with them, and that they need that bloody house. oh God, yeah, <laughs> uh, now are you ready for my tweet of the week? <laughs> yes, yes, this comes through Is there no big fanfare, nothing no no,
1: no, 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 okay, Is that a post? Right. you're letting light into ah. magic now. Royfield does it in post. He, won't, he He says he doesn't trust me with the uh, uh, fanfare for a common man. Cause obviously common man, I'm not that's a common
2: it. Yeah, man, you know, you can't be
1: trusted out, with so. anything common. Right, Royfield, Q fanfare <laughs> for a common man by Aaron Copeland.
2: And the tweet of the week comes from colonel underscore 27. And uh, he says, Hannah, hi, Emma. I'm sorry to hear about Ed's trouble. Do you know anyone who's got any curtains tables, carpets or anything for a new home going cheap I'm looking to buy?
1: <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, oh my God, that's right, we so forgotten about Hannah, Hannah we? which we haven't heard from. So I'm banging my table now. Oh She's my gonna God. move into oh, the God.
2: house. Well, we'll
1: see.
2: She's still at, they're still at number one at the moment, know. aren't they? They haven't moved I don't out know. yet. I mean,
1: someone's mucking out the pigs. I'm talking about uh, Barrow Farm, not <laughs> number one, the uh, Green.
2: Oh, Robert.
1: I oh, know. Oh, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? This has been mildly amusing. This has been
2: a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun. And um
1: Do you think we behaved ourselves?
2: Well, behaved is a strong word, isn't it? I
1: I know I think... Is it is it behave in the uh do you remember the hitman and her? Behave. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> I th- I think that, you know. We haven't completely dragged the good name of Dumpty Dum through the mud and hopefully they'll have us back one day and that we're still allowed to go to Dumpty Dum live. Hopefully.
1: I'm sure that will be the fact (laughs) of the matter. But I think now we need to compose ourselves. I've I've headbutted the bloody microphone again. When you say we need to compose
2: ourselves, Robert, I think you need to compose yourself. (laughs)
1: All right, I'll just go, I'll just go outside. Right. <laughs> there we go. There we right. go. Okay. Right, in parentheses here it says, AB does Tweet of the Week. So I think I need to read below that yes. line. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call O2. 02- O three O three one three one O five. I like to repeat it, even though it doesn't say it in the mm-hmm. script. O two O three O three one three one O five. Just like in Swap Shop, <laughs> to leave a message, you can find Yokelbear Bear at Dumpty Dum. That's at Dumpty Dum, all one word. Obviously, why wouldn't it be? Angela is at, at Q Angela. At
2: Angela Barnes.
1: I thought you'd forgotten your Twitter <laughs> handle for a moment, and I can be found. I can be found at Naked Fingers.
2: Well, so. And
1: that is the C- end of this I week's show. Can I do a show. cheeky
2: little plug? Do you think Royfield would mind?
1: I would, do you know what? I was going to say, um, uh, have you got any shows to I plug? Have. I have.
2: I, the first leg of my tour is finished, but there will be a second and third leg. Uh, the second little mini leg is happening in the autumn. So I've got some dates in, and I'm down in the West Country for a bit. So I think it's in Ostal and Dartmouth and Bristol way I think I'm in Brighton I'm at Warwick Arts Centre and I am also in Cardiff in October so they're all on my website now and for sale and then there'll be more dates going in in the spring and that's my tour show Rose Tinted that I'm on the roads with at the moment and I'd love to see Dumpty Dummers there and do come and say hi afterwards if you're a Dumpty Dummer.
1: Come along tell us a little bit about Rose Tinted Rose is t- it Rose Tinted it
2: Spectacles? It is well I
1: was it rose-tinted? Well, wine? a bit of both, uh,
2: because I because okay. I do a lot of uh, <laughs> topical comedy shows. I do Mot the Week and news quiz and things like that. I don't know if you've noticed, Robert. I've been no. a bit grim the last few years, and um,
1: I don't know what you mean. Now Boris is oh, in it's all right now. Everything's Obviously, looking I, up. In fact, I should Surely. cancel
2: the tour, shouldn't I? Uh,
1: I mean, I for one, I for one welcome our our bungling bungling overlords, our bungling, overlords. Uh, our bungling <laughs> philandering overlords. Oh God,
2: it's so depressing. And and
1: and and, and as soon as Reese Mogg issued his style guide, I mean, I was, I was I was I was I was I was looking through the script today to think, well, have I got got in there a lot? I mean, I mean, do I have a doubles double space after each oh full stop? God.
2: It's beyond satire, as James
1: isn't it? O'Brien calls him. Uh, you mewling pets,
2: <laughs> just beyond satire. But still, I have a go at satire. So do come and see my show. <laughs> so, <laughs> you have, have, a, you a have a stab at it. At it I don't have a go. You? And um, yeah, it's basically just about trying to look on the bright side and how I think actually nostalgia for the past is what's got us in this mess. So maybe we should just, you know, remember that there's some good stuff going on. I don't always succeed, but I try.
1: And there could be something good in the future. Could surely. Be.
2: I mean, there probably won't be, but there could be. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean... I'm a natural I mean,
2: pessimist. That's the problem, yeah, I you mean, see. So, um, but come to the show and you'll find out why. <laughs>
1: all right. Well, are you coming coming to Oxford? Have I, you been to Oxford before? Because I've looked out for you and...
2: I'm, I'm trying to think on this tour. I've just done like 40 dates on this tour and I cannot remember where I've been and where I haven't yet. Um, but if I haven't...
1: We've got a glee club. We've have. got Stuart Lee comes here. Come oh, on. Oh, well, if it's
2: good enough for Stuart Lee then it's good enough for me.
1: It's good enough for Angela I Barnes. I think
2: so. I've certainly been to Oxfordshire on this tour. I can't remember where now, but I certainly have. But I will, I will almost certainly oh God, try and
1: get... What- You mean you've been to Bister Village? Do you know? I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing
2: a gig. Uh, A friend of mine, Andrew Bird, who's a brilliant comedian, is from Bister and he runs a comedy club in Bister, and I'm doing it in a couple of weeks. So if you are Bister Way, come along. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, indeed. Bister Comedy Club. I
4: will be there.
1: I'm from Oxford, so I never go (laughs) there. Sorry. You're dead to me now. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Only joking. Only joking. He's not. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, g- give us give us your uh, website. Address uh, my so, website uh, is Angel Barnes of Dumpty Dum Land. Can check out.
2: and all the links for tickets to tour shows are on there. Lovely,
1: marvellous, and don't forget the ninth of November, which is a worldwide National Barns Day.
2: certainly
1: is is also is also. Dumpty Dum live from Brum. at and the do, town you know, hall. do you know? Do you know what these... else
2: it is this year? 9th of November, twenty nineteen. Do you know what that is? It's the thirtieth anniversary of it, the fall it... of the Berlin Wall.
1: It oh, is, is it? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Have you? Have you? Do you know what? I went. I I, I used to go on holiday quite a lot to America. So because I had lots of friends out there, so I eschewed the holidays in Europe mainly because you know. Limited cash, limited time, uh, limited uh, sense yeah. of adventure. So I used to go out to Atlanta and Chicago and San Francisco quite okay. a lot. And then one time, my friends from America happened to be in Berlin and they said, do you want to come to Berlin? So I went to Berlin. And do you know what? Berlin is one of the most I amazing cities to go to because the, the the history is there. And it's not just history, but it's history of 20 yeah. years ago well, monumental history of 20 being years being
2: a, a cold war history nerd which is what i am by the way i've got a history podcast coming out soon um i won't plug it too much on this uh but um yeah keep an eye out and uh being a cold war <laughs> yeah because that's, <laughs> that's a rival with, as with as you know
1: he who must be obeyed <laughs>
2: but um uh yeah no i'm um, being a cold war history nerd berlin is the is the tits I, it's so I love it. I yeah. love it there. So, it's, it's the tits. tits. I'm so, I'm so classy. Oh god. Do you know, Robert? <laughs>
1: you are. You're my kind of class, dear. My kind I of do class. My
2: best. <laughs> Berlin is the tits. That's gonna be their new slogan. It'll be in their tourist office. You wait.
1: <laughs> it's the tits. Berlin, it's the tits. I I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on the logo tonight. There'll be the Reichstag. Under uh, underlined by the Berlin Wall, and then the it's the tit. <laughs> what I liked about Berlin is you went, you you go to Museum Island mm. or, or whatever, and the, there's still actual bullet yeah. holes from when the the Russians stormed the yeah. city uh, seventy years it's
2: ago. That,
1: it's it's almost living you go history. To,
2: there's a brilliant museum called the Topography of Terror, and it's where the Gestapo headquarters were. They got knocked down there's some of the foundations are still there they built this museum there and it's basically a whole museum about the different locations in berlin and their sort of relevance to world war Two and to the cold war and it's incredible um oh there's so many amazing things to see yeah. uh if you are going to berlin anyone going to berlin take a little trip out to the stasi prison you have to get the um the tram called um oh, uh, didn't it's do berlin that. uh schoenhausen I mean, it's incredible place.
1: Um, I won't. I went out to the, to the bit where there's the full section of the wall with the death yep. zone in it, and the, there's the the scaffolding that goes up so you can you can look above it, and that was and, and and it's where there's that famous footage of people jumping over out of windows because the wall hits the side yeah. of a building or whatever, and that really brought the whole thing home to me because that was. It was in well, our the lifetime. came down on my 13th birthday. Um, and I, yeah, well, I, I would have been, I'm what, six years older than you? So I, I was born in 1970. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, six. So, yeah. But I, I was scarred by David. Well, he wasn't, obviously. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, I was getting along so well with him when he was doing night Rider, but then there was that thing on the what wall. What was the name of the, the song?
2: Something Freedom. Oh, what was the song called?
1: Listen, listen. Oh, oh my God, you're, you're triggering me now. <laughs> You're triggering me, stop. Forget
2: it, forget it. Think of nice thoughts, <laughs> think <Eat> nice thoughts. <laughs> but anyway, if you tune into my uh, history podcast that we're not telling Royfield about, then you'll be able to find out more about this stuff.
1: <laughs> okay, well, um, I will. send me I a shall, link. I shall, when
2: it's up and running, I shall.
1: All right, well, um, shall we we stop now? Yeah, I need to
2: um, open a window because I shut the window because I'm on a main road and I am melting. So I need to open a window and breathe. All right, okay.
1: Okay, well, all you need to know is that the only window you need to leave open now is is the window that the podcast is being recorded in because I need to download it.
2: I will leave that open.
1: Okay, right. Angela, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I really (laughs) enjoyed this. And it's uh, been an absolute pleasure.
2: Thank you so much, Robert. And I look forward to hanging out with you at the Dumpty Dum Live.
1: Oh, God, yes. Well, um, practice your hours in the stream. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. All right. Cheerio. Bye.